This is the Al York Sports Show. Sports is my life. Real talk. Real picks. This show is not for the fake. If you can't take the heat, stay the fuck off my channel. Now let's talk. What's going on, peoples? Like I always say, sorry for the delays, but we off and popping right now, man. Uh, before we get started with this round table, let me each introduce my peoples. I'm going to start to my left. You can't see his face right now, but you will see it on the edited version. My boy Tony Brown, a.k.a. the Black Shark. Welcome on, my boy, up, brother. And on my right over here, we got my boy Will Bernanke, a.k.a. the Moneyline Guy. And we ready to kick some shit to y'all, man. Yo, salute to Noah Park who's on the trip, man. Uh, fellas, let's get right to it. They've been waiting too long, man. They've been looking at my dumb ass face for like five <laughs> minutes. Yeah, I got to give them something. I got to give them something. We're going to go right into the NCAA. I'm going to start with you, money line guy, on the biggest surprises and upsets as of right now. Your take. Yeah, there has a, a lot of chalk so far. Uh, even today, I was pushing Tennessee, but they're down by five with 10 seconds left. So it looks like Tennessee will advance as an eight-point favorite. But as far as uh, significant upsets, I'm going to have to say really one has stood out to me um, in the NCAA tournament, one in the NIT. I'm only going to mention that because of the big, the massive payout. Liberty beating Mississippi State as a seven-point dog, definitely a surprise. Yes. Uh, Liberty was a, a good team during the year, so not shocked that they won, but certainly surprised. And uh, they're a nine-point dog today against Virginia Tech. Norfolk State beat Alabama, cost Avery Johnson his job in Alabama, as a 16-point dog the other day. <coughs> plus, they were plus 1,100, plus 1,200, depending on where you got it, on the money line. So that is the biggest postseason upset thus far. Well, can I ask you something? Because I know you, you're very much involved. How did that happen, Will? Well, Norfolk State is a, a pretty good team. At it. They won, I believe they won the regular season MEAC, and they lost in the conference tournament championship game to North Carolina Central, but they were favorites. They were right. the best team in that league. And Alabama probably just didn't give a crap about the NIT game. Obviously, they didn't care. And I think a lame duck coach at that point, players knew that, uh, you know, Avery was done. And, they, and you know, that's they the... Gave, uh, they gave up, you think? Yeah, I think so. That's the ingredients for an upset. And also, Norfolk State can play a little bit. So it wasn't as... That spread was probably too high. And Bama uh, overrated at that point, of course. Gotcha. So that's, you know, the ingredients for an upset, certainly in a tournament like that. Okay, okay. So uh, anything else, Will? The other, a couple other upsets, but I really don't <coughs> consider them big upsets. UC Irvine beating Kansas State is a three-point dog, three-and-a-half. Not a huge upset there, not surprised. Yeah, they make it so big on TV. Oh, yeah, an upset. They don't know what they're talking game, about because they never watched UC Irvine. UC yeah. Irvine could play. They were <coughs> one of the top teams defensively all year, and uh, not a surprise there, a team that could really play. Best team in that big West and, and one of the best uh, non-power conference teams in, in the country. And uh, the other upset was Murray State beating Marquette. Again, not a big upset. Murray State, everyone's seen them. Marquette has been vulnerable. They lost to St. John's twice this year. That should say enough how vulnerable they can be. So not a surprise there. And then Murray State got their butt kicked yesterday by a really underrated Florida State team. But other than that... Yeah, Murray State, I like, I like um, what is it, Morant? Yeah, John Morant's probably Morant's arguably the best him. player in the country. Uh, everybody knows who he is, and he's going to be a top three pick. But, uh, you know, he's a one-man band, especially against... Oh, you got him top three, Will? A lot of us have him top five. I, nah, I think you're right. I, I'm moving him up to three. No question, he's top. Yeah, three I'm moving pick him up unless, to three. I mean, let's. Well, after what I've seen, that kid's a beast. Yeah, man. I've been watching him all year, and he's as good as anybody. He just, you know, just didn't get the recognition because, you know, unfortunately, you know, he plays at Murray State, so nobody saw him. But people who did watch know all about him. And uh, but they lost to a good Florida State team who can play. You know, a really underrated team. Right, right, right. Tony Brown, talk to us. Um, actually, I think the biggest surprise, I'm from California originally, I think Irvine still being around is a surprise. Um, they're one step away from being a community college. Like, you, the fact that they're D1 and even playing with these Power 5 conferences and big schools, I can't, I can't believe it. I, they had a great record in the conference they play in, as they should have, but now I thought they would get smoked. So that upset over K-State was pretty big, and I think tonight Oregon puts them out of their misery, though. I think it's over. Like if they advance past Duck, Ducks going to put them out? Yeah, if they advance past Oregon, they might be the upset of the future, like to win it all. But if right, right. the Ducks put them out, I think they just got lucky. Right, right. Well, I've seen a lot of games. The, the main one that really hit me, and it wasn't a big line, but I really thought this team would win. I thought a Bearcats would beat Iowa. Mm -hmm. You know, I know it was only four and a half. Well, that's not really a huge upset to you. Yeah. But to me, it was because I, I, what's been going on with the Bearcats organization, et cetera, 
I really thought they'd make a run for it this year. I just at least to the Sweet 16. They had a letdown, I think, beating Houston in their conference championship. They got, uh, I think, it was a major letdown going into the Iowa right, game. Right, right, right. So it was too, it was so close to that game, you know, a couple of days after, and I think they uh, were reading their pre- press well, clippings. But if you've seen the beginning of the game, like God did, they came out smoking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought they was gonna run them out the gym. Okay, guys. So you know, let's let's look out for the people. Let's give them some leans and some games later on, where they can make a few dollars. Uh, Tony Brown, I'm gonna start with you. Uh, Few games on the ball left. You got Carolina on the ball, Buffalo, the Oklahoma game, UC Irvin. Um, is there anything you like for the people so they can make a few dollars? Yeah, like I said, I like uh, Oregon to go ahead and take care of Irvine. It's a really low line, only five points because Irvine has been survived, surprising people. And they can shoot the three ball really well. And um, I just think, like I said, uh, Cinderella's shoe comes off and it's, it's midnight and it's, it's over for those guys. So I think taking Oregon with the five points would be a safe bet. And plus, I always like Duke. You know, that's been my pick. It's no secret. I think Duke wins it all. And so I like Duke at 2-1 to one to win it all as a futures bet. And I also like Duke minus 13 and a half today. That was about you just answered my question. So you, he gave you two picks. He gave you the Blue Devils minus 13 and a half right. over, over UCF. And he likes Oregon minus five over um, Irvine. UC Irvine. Yeah, the hand eaters. Okay. <laughs> the hand eaters. The hand eaters. What's up, Will? Talk to him. Well, I, I got the... Uh, you ain't got to give two. Tony Brown was extra yeah. nice with it. Well, one play certainly uh, I like is uh, Ohio State. And this line's up to uh, up to seven. Or six and a half, but you can get seven now. So uh, if you wait even more, I think it might even steam up higher, seven, seven right. and a half. But plus seven, Ohio State. Uh, against Houston. I like the Big Ten, the way they're playing. And Houston's off a blowout win, and I like the fade teams who look really good in their first game, maybe uh, kind of, you know, relaxing a little bit here, and Ohio State hangs around. So looking at that. And in the other game, I, I grabbed this yesterday, so the, the value's probably gone, but I took Harvard plus 12 against NC State and the NIT. I think right. NC State doesn't want to be there, and Harvard just beat Georgetown, and I think they're really uh, enthused about being in the NIT. So I look for those type of scenarios. I took Harvard and that game against Georgetown. I'll ride them again here. But I took 12 yesterday. <coughs> it's Right now it's 10. I would still lean towards it, but if you can maybe wait halftime or in-game, 12 or better is good. So Harvard plus 12. Yeah, I took it yesterday at Coast. Yep. Okay, then. And that's your from World of Money Line guy. I only got one pick for y'all today. Uh, Texas Tech versus Buffalo uh, Bulls. I like Buffalo plus four. I think they're going to give Texas Tech everything they can handle. Now, T- now, the Red Raiders are real good, but I'm going to take Buffalo plus four. They might even win the game outright. Uh, my boy Tony said he loves Harvard. Mm. <laughs> Tony Mazzola. Okay, guys, now we're going to NBA. We're going to mix it up on y'all. Wow, where do, I, where do I go with this question right here? I mean, this is like the question of the year. Beside who the Lakers are going to get, who will be the Lakers' next coach? The L.A. Lakers next coach, T. Brown, on you first, brother. This is a tricky one for me. I'm a Laker fan, so I'm looking at this as a fan and as, like, from the business end of it. I actually think the next Laker coach is going to be Luke Walton. Like, um, Wow. Yeah. Like, staying he, home? Yeah, man, he's not doing a bad job. He's young. He comes from a good pedigree. Before LeBron got hurt, we, Tony, were, you show you, you, we were fourth in the West. Like, everybody's making this big deal now that we're not making the playoffs, this, this, and that. But before LeBron got hurt on Christmas, we were fourth in the rest. We were cruising. Luke's a young coach. And plus, everybody knows it's a puppet position. LeBron's really the coach. So Luke really fits that, you know, that, that, that edge. So I think we keep Luke Walton. I mean, we're not bringing back Phil Jackson. And but, no, let me, let me say something real fast. I'm pretty sure you kind of know this already. Magic not feeling them and LeBron not feeling them. And I'm pretty sure you can add Palenka in there also. So how did he stay? I mean, I don't. I wouldn't. You say a Luke Walton guy? Yeah, that's that's what I wouldn't say that they're not feeling them. I just. I mean, Magic checked them in the middle of the year, and that's what you do. They're growing. Like, I mean, you, you know, really checked them on some like you out of here, basically. Nah, the end I, of the I year. don't think it was that deep. I think people are overreacting. I mean, this is how you treat <coughs> young coaches. This is Luke Walton's first head coaching gig. You know what I mean? So. He's going to have some bumps and bruises. Like, Pat Riley didn't win it right out the gate. Phil Jackson didn't win it out the gate. Magic and them is letting him know, this is the Laker job. You're not going to cruise through it. And, shit, he put a little pressure <coughs> on him. And I think that's what really makes me think they're going to keep him. If even if LeBron, keep even him, if LeBron don't want him. No, nah, if LeBron don't want him, he's gone. But, like, if LeBron didn't want him, that would have already been – he would have been out the door midseason. You know what I mean? Like, I think the fact that Magic I'm, and them are really going after him really means they want to keep him. If not, they would have just let him cruise through the season, lose out the playoffs, and dumped him. Well, I think they looked out for him because his father, Bill, uh, 
you know, they the Walton family's big in the NBA. I think they ain't want to do him like that, but I think he's gone. But that's just my opinion. Moneyline guy, talk to him. Well, I mean, the, what who will be the coach and what the right coach is is two different things here. So uh, the, first I'm going to start with the right type of coach they, they should have is someone who's going to be able to put LeBron sort of in his place, you know, who, like the way uh, Spolster was. LeBron was resistant to him at first, but Riley said, no, no, he's here. It's either, you know, he's staying, so you don't like it, you're going to, you know, probably be out of here. So that's the type of coach they need, someone who's going to, you know, <coughs> pay attention to detail, how you tie your shoes, where you sit on the bench, how you warm up, how you dress, every detail, every cross, every T, and dot every I, that's the kind of coach they do need. But what's real in reality is going to happen, I have a feeling Brian Shaw is going to be the coach because I like that. He's, I like he obviously that. knows the, the team, knows the personnel, and he's also an, enough of a pushover that LeBron will accept it, but has a strong enough personality <laughs> to sometimes maybe you know say enough is enough. So it, it's a middle ground. That's why I think he'll end up being the coach. I could be wrong, so obviously. Isn't that just like an extension of Luke Walton then? Sort of. But I, player, I, I think the players respect him more because uh, he was a bigger part of the uh, up, Lakers you know, when they won, he was a, played more of a role, like me as a player, where Luke Walton was more of a scrub. Right, right, know? right, right. So I think that has a lot to do with it, too. No, but Luke Walton learned a lot from Steve Kerr sure. with Dub Nation. And I just thought, I mean, one year, like like my boy Noah said, you don't give a guy one year. You know, one year is to fill everybody out, basically. You know, just to fill everybody out and then give them a second year. But I don't think they're going to do that with Luke Walton. You think they are? I think. I think, I think the damage is done. I mean, I think you know, LeBar Ball, I mean, what he said. Right, right, right. Who can they get? I mean, is Mark Jackson a viable candidate? Well, you just—if you let me speak, if you, I'm mad you said that because that's about what I was about to get into. Okay. So let's start off. They 31 and 41 right now. They 11th in the Western Conference, which is totally unacceptable. And uh, I like Mark man. Jackson. I like Mark Jackson. I think the only thing is, I think Magic would take him under. Right. And tell him, listen, cater to LeBron. Everybody else put in a place. Right. Now, I know that don't sound right, but that's, what it is. but that's what's going to have to happen. Because if Mark Jackson goes over there and starts sitting LeBron down, which I think he would if he ain't hustling. He will. Right or wrong? He will. That's what I'm saying. They call him out publicly, too. Yeah, yeah. But Mark Jackson's old school. I mean, he from ways back. You know, right. St. John, Redman, before they was Redstone, all that. I just think that if they get Mark Jackson, they get a few pieces. Now you got an actual leader. No, no disrespect to Luke Walton or Brian Shaw, but I think those are like those are those are puppets right. to LeBron. You know what I mean? I mean, Mark Jackson's the only viable candidate that's like not in coaching that can come back into right. it. But everybody else got contract signed. It's not like a lot of hot coaches out that's there. That's what I'm saying. And not only that, Mark Jackson actually had a great record with Dub Nation. Yeah, he got ripped out of that. Yeah, he actually yeah. ignited that whole Dub Nation right. shit Steve and got no credit for it. Steve Kerr got all not taking nothing away from Steve Kerr because he still won chips. But I'm you saying Mark Jackson great. got the Golden State the best record they ever had, and then the next year after that, they beat that record, and then he got fired. And yeah, then yeah. Steve Kerr coming in and winning the championship. Yeah, they were only problem, getting better. He had problems within the brass, just yeah, like when uh, up. Joe Girardi won Rookie of the Year in baseball, but he had problems with the brass. And what Politics, happened? man. It's yeah, not Florida. All. They can. Yep. No, you know, how you get manager of the year? Yeah, yeah. What happened last year to Dwayne Casey? He got fired. Dwayne Casey also. Coach of the year got fired. That was that was because of that DeRozan situation. It was sad because DeRozan ended up getting traded anyway. Right. So what was the purpose of that? Okay, so now we salvaged that. Now my other NBA question. There's two MVP candidates I like. Now there might be more. It might be you can add Paul George, if you want to put Westbrook, Steph Curry, whatever. My two candidates are Giannis, the Greek freak. I'm not even going to try to say his last name. I can't say it. The freak. Or James Harden, aka the bearded one. Okay. Now I'm going to start on my right with Will the Money Line guy. Who's your MVP? It don't have to be these two. If you think it's one out out of these. Two, then you can say who you want. But I think these are the two best players right now in the NBA. Who you guys as the MVP uh, of the league? Definitely Harden's the MVP to me. He, he, he clinched it the other night with 61 against the Spurs and 61 meaningful points. Like, they needed every single point to win that game. And against the Popovich team to score 61, that, that's incredible, really. Uh, you know, even just, if you shoot him every time you get the ball? Even, no matter what. Just the fact that he's going to find yeah, a way. He, Usually the, I love Harden. He be gunning, man. But yeah. yeah. And uh, he's playing against better competition. Let's call it like it is. The West is still much stronger than the East. If you look at the East's bottom three teams, 
compare him to the West bottom three or four teams, it's, it's a joke, really. There's no comparison. The East is a little stronger now, but it's not, nowhere near the competition hard seeing in day in and day out in the Western Conference. You know, when you have eighth seeds with 43 wins in the East, you got Detroit's and Miami's as your and Washington's or whoever it is. I don't even know right. who's bottom there. So the competition's better, and he's doing it against better players, you know, better teams. I don't care what the Milwaukee's record is. You put them in the West, they're probably where, uh, my guess is where, like, OKC and Houston are right now. So definitely give it to Harden. He's, do, he's carrying that team because, really, they're not as good as they were last year, and he's uh, at least kept them in the mix for a, a, a somewhat of a run. You know, I'm not that high in them because of what he's done in the playoffs, but there's certainly a team that can get to uh, second round, maybe conference finals. All right, and uh, no, no, no love for the Greek for you. Oh, he's great, this guy, definitely. <laughs> but again, you know, he hasn't won. A, I'm not giving the MVP to a guy who's never won a playoff series. Uh, and and again, he's doing an Eastern Conference. I can't respect the Eastern Conference at all until I. That's why Kawhi Leonard. He's one of my favorite players. You know, being, being a Spurs the East, fan. The Eastern Conference has gotten so good, like the, last, the first four. Yeah, five first teams. four, but the rest, the first four, then the rest of them are shit. Right. Yeah, that's it. I mean, you know, I, mean I, I like Boston at five too. Boston's good. I actually got bought. Believe it or not, as bad as they playing, yeah. I still got Boston to come out the. I'm right. not be crazy, but I got Boston coming out the Eastern Conference. Yeah. And I think come playoff time they're gonna shoot it up. I don't think so. I okay, think but that's a story for another day. But yeah, I just the Eastern Conference is a different animal as far as uh, level of play. So until right, I right. see something different, I, I have to give it to a, uh, a certainly a dominant Western Conference player. Okay, we're gonna be right back. We're gonna go right on break. Uh, you're going to hear Tony Brown. You're going to hear me uh, tune in. And to guys, the guys that are tuning in on the live, I got to shut off the live. I got to shut off the live and um, go to Zeno.fm slash CWN Sports. You're going to hear the live podcast. Go on to it right now. Zeno.fm slash CWN Sports. I'll talk to you in a minute. Welcome back, peoples. Like I said, Zeno.fm slash CWN Sports. We're going live on our podcast. Go into it. I just I just shared it right now on Facebook Live, Al York. Okay, we're going back now to uh we're going, we just heard Will the Money Line guy break it down on who's the potential MVP of the NBA. Now I'm gonna shoot to my left here. My man Tony Brown's gonna give you his take on who should be the MVP. Talk to them, Tony. I think that uh, Giannis and uh, Harden are both team MVPs. I think they're the best players on their teams for sure, and uh, they both would win team MVPs. But the <coughs> league MVP, the most valuable player in the NBA, has to be Russell Westbrook for sure, hands down. I mean, these guys are getting the accolades, and these guys are in the running for purely scoring. You know, Harden's putting up a lot of numbers and Giannis. <laughs> But Russell Westbrook does everything. It's not the scoring title that we're talking about. We're talking about the most valuable player in the league. And he's, he's the team's leading rebounder, scorer, and assist. Like, triple-double, that's the ultimate stat. So, hands down, he's running away with the MVP to me. All right, let me ask you something. I'm going to cross-examine you. He's having his worst shooting year percentage-wise and foul shots percentage-wise. What do you – how do you protect him on that, like, well, I mean, percentage of shooting, he never was a good shooter. He's not, you know, that's yeah, but not he his shot thing. way better than this, though, bro. He, his it's shooting like is real, down, but like he's horrible up. right now. And then, okay, if we're going to go with shooting, James Harden, he's getting 60 points on 70 shots. So, right. so 50 point nights on 50 shots, that's not too good. No, so, but Harden is canning of open shots. Yeah, Westbrook I mean, this year, I'm, like I said, I love Westbrook. Yeah, he's still averaging 20 plus. But the guy's just. Like, ten rebounds, ten assists. You know what? I want George to shoot it now. That's how bad he's shooting. Like really, wow. like, like really. But you like him as your MVP. But yeah, like you said, he brings other things to the table: everything. defense, rebounds, assists. And now he's smart enough to give the ball to poor George. So yeah. you know, I can see it from that perspective. Okay, I got you, brother. So you like Russell? I like Westbrook. Westbrook. Um, you lean into James Harden. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go to the Greek freak, not because I want to be different. MVP to me means the most valuable player on the team. When you take out the Greek freak out Milwaukee, which they did a few times this year, they're horrible. I've seen Harden out in the lineup. They actually beat Dub Nation with their whole squad right. without Harden. I'm not saying they could win it all. No, they're not going to win it all. But they're a better team without James Harden. I'm not, but they play better 
than than Milwaukee not having the Greek freak. Right. Houston without James no, Harden. So and not only that, uh, I think a little different than Will Will sees the East is really bad. I see it as actually the top five teams are real competitive. Now I would agree with him the Western Conference is way better. I'm not saying the Western Conference is not better, Will. But I just think the Eastern Conference right now has made a name for itself back because they was like there was like two teams like a couple years ago that were really yeah, relevant. Yeah, better. The East is better, but I, I totally agree with Will. No, the West is always going to be better. If you put Milwaukee in the West, Giannis is just average at best. He's fifth, sixth in the league or whatever, so it's no big deal. He's doing what he's doing purely because it's the East. Oh, wow. I'm not going to take it there. I mean, I've seen them tear up Western Conference teams. Uh, the Greek freak is the truth. Milwaukee's not the truth. I'll right. give you that. I mean, they'll probably be sixth ranked. Seventh ranked in the Western Conference, but I still think the Greek freak is getting his. Yeah, that's why I say you can give him a team MVP, maybe a scoring title or something. But is he the right. best player in the NBA? And how could you be the best player in the NBA and you can't even, you know, get your team past the, you know, well, second round? We can't predict that right true. now. They're in first place, true, true, true. so I'm running with that right now. My MVP is the Greek freak, Giannis. Can you finish his name up for me? Encanto, Encanto, Kupo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thank you, fellas. Okay, now we're going to the NFL. We're going to switch to the NFL. Um, I'm going to start with Will, the money line guy on this one. The Denver Broncos, did they get their man in getting Joe Flacco, who a lot of people thinking right now, Flacco's chopped liver. I've been hearing this all through ESPN, Fox Networks. I got friends that just think he's a spitting image. Of, I'm not a spitting image, but an image of what he was. I want your take on Joe Flacco and what he's going to bring to the Denver Broncos? Well, he's just, just to me, he's a stopgap guy and he's just going to keep this team in, in a, a level of mediocrity. They would be better off just tanking for Tua or even tanking a two-year tank for uh, Trevor Lawrence. But uh, Elway got it. Uh, yeah, I guess Elway wants to stay competitive. Maybe he's, he's Elway's fighting for his job now if they go like 3-13, and 13, which is probably the best thing for them. He would lose his job and he's just trying to save face. But it's a stopgap guy. I'm not saying Flacco's the worst QB, but he's just a, barely a, a notch above Case Keenum, if that. And uh, they're certainly not better. Really than just a notch up. Yeah. But remember, Keenum's more like a, a system quarterback. Yeah. Flacco's your actual drop back quarterback. Yeah. I mean, you know, he still has. The last few years, he just hasn't been great. You know, he just hasn't been a playoff QB anymore. Obviously, so. if they're gonna move yeah. in Lavar Jackson, to, yeah. to beat him out in the spot, right? I mean, it doesn't make them better in Kansas City or the Chargers at this point. So in that regard, uh, I don't, again, I don't know what they're really doing there. Uh, Denver, they've had some issues with quarterbacks. You know, Paxton Lynch, he's gone. Trevor Simeon, Horrible. he's gone. Uh, last year, who was it that played QB? I can't even uh, remember. Keenan. Keenan, he's gone now. Now Flacco will be there. Well, you know, it just to makes To me, no Flacco sense. makes the most sense. Would you agree? Because Keenan's a system quarterback, I would, and they I would, had him dropping back. I would be tanking, so I'd put in even a worse QB just to try to lose some games, but that's me. You know, I, I think you'd be better off doing what the Elway, Raiders did. Yeah, Elway ain't trying to do that. Right, and they're not yeah. winning with him yeah. as far as winning any, that division. It's too tough can, a division. Okay, can Flacco get him in the playoffs? No, not okay. in that division. No way. T. Brown. I think it's a good fit, uh, actually a great fit. Uh, he can't get him in the, the playoffs Tell him why, because of the division. Kansas City still right there. Oakland's on the come up. Like, the division's too tough. But that was the best fit that they could get over there because my best analogy <coughs> I can give you, if you get a 2019 Porsche and your 2015 Porsche is still in your driveway, it's nothing wrong with your old one. You just want to drive the new one. Lamar Jackson is just a new version for Baltimore. They're moving in a new direction. But there's nothing wrong with Joe Flacco. He's a Super Bowl winning quarterback, and I think he'll be a good fit in Denver. You really think he'd be a good fit? Yes, sir. Okay, uh, give me a little more than that, Tom. Like you said, Case Keenum, they were trying to make him fit into the dropback style. They were trying to make him the standard traditional quarterback when he's not that. And then now you got Joe Flacco, who is that? Uh, you don't want to go out and spend a whole ton of money on a, a guy because he can't win the division with KC and Oakland the way they're playing and the way that Oakland's coming up. Uh, so it's just a you know money fit. It fits good. He's not going to be a locker room cancer, and he's a better player than the quarterbacks that you guys have. Right, right. Uh, my take, I think, for sure, Denver's going to be a better team. I mean, after them dreadful quarterbacks that we had to see, and then Keenan was like they're out there looking like one of those dreadful quarterbacks. No offense to Keenan. He's a system quarterback. I mean, Minnesota used him as a system quarterback. He prevailed. They knew that that's all he was. That's why it was nothing for them to give him up. Right. Not that they got better, 
You know what I mean? Not that they got better because they didn't get better. But, you know, I just think Flacco and Denver, being a veteran, changes scenery, Elway, El, Elway in his ear. As long as his tools are still there, right. where, you know, he can still throw the long ball, he can, you know, it's accurate. They don't need him to do much. That's the thing. Like, they don't need him to come over there and be a brand new guy, franchise. They still got that killer defense. They just need him to not turn it over and just play, you know, pedestrian. Yeah, they don't need him to be running right. around like big money in, exactly. in Cleveland. They just need him to be a pedestrian yeah, quarterback, just, and that's what he is. Yeah, sure. just make all the plays, hand the ball off, don't turn the ball over. Right. With a defense like that, you got to move the change, though. That's why they would. Their defense got worn out quick because they, they was not moving the chains. Defense was constantly on the field. Exactly. I think they make it makes them better. I'm I don't know if this is a bold prediction, but I'm gonna say they make the playoffs. No way. They're still fourth in the West. I know. I'm just KC gonna say wins it. Uh, San Diego said. I like their defense. I like their defense. They gotta get some weapons. They have a new coach too, Vic Fangio. So the jury's out on how he does. Right, it can't right, be, right. I guess he can't be too much worse than. That's, the so then you know what? I am making a bold prediction. Super Bowl prediction. You should put some money on that. Yeah, yeah, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm making a bold prediction, saying they make the playoffs. You, you just, y'all guys, just yeah. helped me. Y'all made me look better saying that. Okay, let's move on, guys. Uh, matter of fact, let me go through some numbers. Last year, Joe Flacco had 12 touchdowns, six interceptions. Threw for 2,400 yards, 61.2 completion rate in his first career, 163 games, 212 touchdowns, 136 uh, interceptions, 38,000 yards, 61.7 career percentage completions. And he's good. He let's see what he brings to the table. Let's see what he brings to the table. Now let's go to my team. You know it's my team. Dallas Cowboys. I'm a loyal guy because they've been horrible. You know they've been horrible. 25 so, years, yeah. Yes, and I like them my whole life. You know what I'm saying? Defensively, my team is strong. Y'all guys know that. That's no secret. The problem is, is can Dak take us to the next level? I still think no. But I think they made a big acquisition. They picked up Randall Cobb. It was only for one year, $5 million. That'll help Amari Cooper create some separation because now you got another fast guy on the other side. I mean, they got Hearns, and they got that other guy. I can't pronounce his name. It starts with a G. Uh, what is it? Gallup, Gallup, something like that. So they got some weapons. Okay. I think Winton's coming back. I don't know what that means because the guy's, like, mad old. But at least he's going to bring experience. My thing is, are the Cowboys better picking up Randall Cobb? This is, I, I mean, I can't even believe I'm going on record saying this. I, I'm not, probably never hear me say this again. I actually think the Cowboys are going to win the NFC East. Like, this is – if you guys don't do something this year, you guys should get blown up. You got Amari right. Cooper. You got Zach. You got Zeke. You got everything. The defense is good. You got a veteran coming in and Cobb. He's not the same Randall Cobb, but he's not bad. So he's he's gonna, not old. Yeah, he's been in the league like not, seven years. He's he not had no bad. major big injuries. No, that's what I said. He's going to be good. So, with Philadelphia playing how they're playing, the Giants going through all the stuff <coughs> they're going through, Washington not being so well, this division is the Cowboys for the taking. You got the stars. You got the coaches. You got the quarterback. If you guys don't win this time, it's time to change everything. Else. Okay. Well. Uh, yeah, it is a weak division. <coughs> Definitely, uh, really, Philly's the only competition here. Giants are, are basically tanking, and Washington, you know, no quarterback there. So we know that those two teams are out of the mix. But uh, they still don't have a championship quarterback, Dallas. So <coughs> does it really does it really matter? That's a question I ask myself. Not really. They you don't believe in Dak can elevate his game. You think this is all we're going to see from That's, Dak? The ceiling is is it is what it is. I oh, think the ceiling wow. is like a. Uh, second, you know, a, a second round, you know, divisional round, a great, a miracle would be like conference championship. Right. Uh, and you could bring. Well, in they got the players though. Well, you know that, but you don't believe in Dak though. No, they could bring in Jerry Rice or Fred Blitnikoff, and it wouldn't matter. Their ceiling <laughs> is what it is. To be honest, Dallas is insignificant to me. They haven't won anything in 25 years. So wake me up when they're in a conference championship. We'll talk about it then. Okay. All right. Let's say we're going. We're not going. We're not going to overkill that. Let's go to the MLB. Big signing. Uh, Mike Trout signed for 430 AMs, 12-year contract with the Angels. Is he worth this contract? Start with Will the Money Line guy. Explain why, if you think he's not or he is. Well, I, I like the loyalty, but this was a PR signing to keep the fans coming to the ballpark, in my okay. opinion. They don't seem to be interested in winning championship as their pitching is still a mess. Harvey was a nice signing, obviously, but certainly not moving the needle for me. And they have not developed any type of ace uh, – type pitchers, you know, in their in their system. 
So <laughs> I, I, right now I question their player development before I'm going to question, you know, if, if Mike Trout is worth it. So he's there for uh, business reasons, but from a winning, you know, winning a championship standpoint, from competitive standpoint, I don't think it's uh, – a great move for them to, to invest that as opposed to investing in pitching. So it's a PR move to me. I mean, I, he's a great I, player, and I love him, but it's not going to help them win championships if they're not going to do anything to help him out. There you go. I, I, I agree with you 100%, brother. Tony. Yeah, I think he's worth the money just because, you know, the times we live in, he's the best player in the game, and so he deserves the biggest contract and all that. But baseball, unlike any other sport, one man just can't do it. Like, you can't sign a Kobe Bryant on a basketball team, he can change the Lakers. You can sign a good <coughs> quarterback, he can change the football team. Right. Barry Bonds didn't win a lot of championships. Uh, Sammy Sosa just Sammy Bonds didn't win anything. That's what I'm saying. Just one great guy, that doesn't mean a lot for baseball. So was he worth the money for as them going to win? And does yeah. that change the Angels? No. Especially but when you could have got four it. quality players for him. Right. That's what I'm saying. The only team that spent money to win championships and it really worked was the Yankees. Other than that, people just giving these contracts away, and these guys are just getting rich. Red Sox also not, took a page out of the Yankees. Red Sox, they starting to pay guys yeah. that are making dividends. But they went with them small ball, too. The Yankees was just getting them home run hitters, the big pitchers and all that. Red Sox played a lot of good baseball. Yeah, okay, all right. So uh, we're going to go on a quick break. We're going to come back. I'm going to give you my take on this uh, Mike Trout situation. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. All right, what's going on? We back. Al York Sports Show, the round table. Uh, we're going to pick up. Good work, World of Money Line guy, Tony Brown. Let's keep it going. Uh, Mike Trout, $430 million, 12 years. We heard Will's perspective. We heard uh, the, um, Tony Brown's perspective. Now I'm going to give my perspective. Um, nobody's ever worth a contract like this. $430 million, come on, man. That's just like, it's insane. But if anybody was to get this contract, to me, it would be Mike Trout. Straight up. Well, it don't look like he agrees with me, but <laughs> you know what I mean? And um, he's getting 35.8 annually for the next 12 years, which is insane. It's crazy. Insane. He's got the credentials to me. The guy averages overhead and over 300. Averages about, what is it, like 30 home runs a year, 100 RBI. I mean, we would like to pick the RBI numbers up to like 110, 120. I don't know if that ever happened because like Will said and like you said, the team is basically around him and there's no real stars on that team because the fact that now that they're giving him more money, that's only going to decrease their chances of picking up real good players. Now, me personally, to make it real quick, I would have traded Trout and got four quality players and try to rebuild this team in the best way I could have. But what Will said makes perfect sense. It's about money these days. Yeah, it's it's about filling up the seats. Right. So I totally agree with you what you said, Will. Keeping them, sell tickets. Uh, you know, Return on investment. Yeah. It's Disneyland over there. Right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So I can't disagree with Will from that perspective. But me being an ex-athlete like all of y'all are ex-athletes, I'd rather have gone away where, you know, get me four guys and let's get a better chance of winning ball games. Yeah, maybe, but not in L.A. Like he said, it's Disneyland, man. Four average guys aren't going to put the butts in the seat like Mike Trout. Exactly. I got to get my money back. Exactly. No Trout? offense to the crowd, the fans there, but it's not like Yankee fans where they're understanding the knowledge of the of baseball in, in Anaheim. Right. I, I think it's more about, like, having a good time and seeing familiar faces than it is about hardcore, cold-blooded winning championships. Yeah, and yeah. one more thing. For a franchise that's down, having the best player in baseball makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So now this is going to lead to my next question. I'm going to start with Tony Brown on this one. At 27 years old, you're about to give this con kind of a contract like this up. Do you give this to Ken Griffey Jr. or Mike Trout? Tell me who and why real fast. Uh, I got to go Griff. Besides Cal Ripken Jr., Ken Griffey's the best baseball player I've ever seen. I'm 38 years old, so I've been watching for a while. In my generation, just watching the game purely, it's Cal Ripken and Ken Griffey Jr. Those are the best baseball players. When you talk about 5-2 players, hit for power, hit for average, run, catch, outfield, like they do it all. Mouth Trout does it all too, 
But I just don't think he's on the level. Name me one thing you like that Ken Griffey Jr. does better than Mike Trout. More athletic. Like, I like uh, that. Ken Griffey's going to climb up the wall and go over it. You know what I mean? Trout's going to give you a nice dive and catch or whatever, but Griffey, he's going to go up and over the wall. He's going to, you know, he can yeah. cover center, right, and left. You know what right. I mean? He was just a little more lengthy, a little more athletic. Where power, yeah. uh, Trout is more of a power guy. You know what I mean? He's more strong. He's more solid, but just pure athleticism. Yeah, but I seen Griffey lose some balls too, man. You haven't seen Trout lose some? Keep it real. Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, right? they both got power. You know, but everybody I seen, has errors. I seen Griffey hit towering shots, but money line guy. Yeah, I love Griffey. Yeah, the thing with with are we talking about if they're both the, the health is not a factor or that's still a factor? Uh, no, health is not a factor. Just twenty seven years old. In they prime. Okay. So not not taking account of health because Griffey had too many injuries. Yes. Like I really was it was a red flag. But if they're all both healthy, I would definitely take Griffey higher ceiling. Uh, just uh, let's see. As far as I feel like his ceiling when it comes to his hitting is better. You know, uh, he could probably hit for a better average. I think he could drive him more runs. Uh, I think his uh, he steal more bases. Defensively, I'd put him about e- equal as far as you know where, where they're value to the team. Right. But I just like the ceiling. Like Griffey was capable, I thought, of hitting 60, 70 home runs with not st- no steroids, none. Right. right. Okay. Now Trout doesn't take either, so that's not a factor. I don't think Trout is capable of hitting 50 or 60 home runs where Griffey was, and he and he did. I mean, what he had 50 something one year, 58, whatever it was. So I, I like the ceiling where Griffey has an unlimited potential. Where Trout is a great player, but I feel like he's, he's pretty close to his ceiling. So that's what right, I look right, at there. Right, right, right. High ceiling that it may be, but he's there. Yeah. Griffey, unlimited potential. Unlimited. Exactly. Right, right. Like Barry Bonds. Bonds, to me, was the greatest I've seen as far as reaching their ceiling. See, the thing with, the, with Bonds is the steroid thing. That's why I had to bring up yeah, Griffey. Exactly. I would definitely bring up Bonds and Seth Bonds. Well, this is tough. You got two guys that can ball out. I think Trout's more consistent in everything he does. Consistent, but I think Griffey's more laid out than him. Griffey would try to get a triple, risk pulling a hamstring. Trout would stop at second. No offense to Trout, don't get me wrong, he hustles and all that. But he thinks too much within the game, which is helping him. Which is kind of like Mayweather in boxing, Smart. where you know they're making smarter decisions to last longer, right. and that's why I think Griffey was more injury prone. Business decisions. But you know Griffey climbing up the Yankee Stadium wall. I yeah. mean, scoring from first base when they hit that ball of blackjack to win the game in uh, Seattle. Yep. I mean, I don't think Trout takes those chances. I'm being honest with you. And I he's proven it in the playoffs. Griffey had a great series. Then what Trout has done? Well, he's only been in one playoffs. So right, right, right. Much. Yeah. So I guess you. So that saying all that. I will have to go with Junior. I have to go with Junior, man. I got to go with Junior. And, and trust me, it, it, it's hard because I'm a big Mike Trout fan. You know what I'm saying? I like Trout. Yeah, I'm a big fan, but I got to go with Junior. Yeah. Now, another news, uh, the Rays, which, Will, you really look up to their front office. They just gave uh, Blake Snell 50 M's for five years. Uh, Rays got to meet a great deal. They got a Cy Young Award winner. And Blake Snell, and they, to me, you give him 50 million in five years, that's 10 million a year. That's, that's cupcakes right now. That's a deal. And MLB. But the Rays are known for making these deals. And they got something with these players because these players commit to these low contracts. I think it's when they pick them up, they talk to the families, yeah. and they already kind of got some type of agreement. Yep. Because these guys, Blake Snell, all he had to do is go to the market. The Yankees alone would have gave him 100, 100 mil for this type of uh, deal. I want you to take first on this, well. Yeah, I mean, if you, just to put it in perspective, you look at his contract, <coughs> five years, 50 million. I, I'm not sure of the numbers, but what did Arietta get from the Phillies last year? You know, <laughs> uh, and nothing against well, Arietta, but he's, you know, he didn't have near the season Snell had. But he's had. proven himself a lot more. I guess that has to. Right. Yeah, baseball plays yeah. a lot of players for what they've done more than what they're going to do. Like, right. They yeah. get contracts for what they've already accomplished more than their potential. That's what their baseball contract is. A Cy Young, though, has got to help. Yeah, uh, I think it was a great sign. You know what I'm saying? The, the, the third-year player. Most players fall off in the second year with that sophomore slump. <coughs> he had an ERA last year under two. Yeah, hold that thought. Oh. Hold that thought. We'll finish up. Oh, it's just a uh, love what the Rays do. Whatever their front office uh any significant move they make, I have total uh, trust in them. And they, they always get the most out of the least this team. Give us a couple examples, because I know you've been following that organization. Uh, well, last year, they um, uh, just, to, just to bring up a trade they made and, and what they, 
you know, what they're getting out of the player. Tommy Pham, they basically got him for next to nothing from the Cardinals. And yep, he nice ended up, up ended up hitting 300 and, uh, you know, driving <coughs> lots of runs, really being a big factor, just to name one guy. Um, and, and there's been so many. I know they, the catcher now, Zanino, they brought him in. Right. I, I expect him to do well. They got him on the cheap. They, they buy low and they sell high. Uh, so they, they, I think they did good with the archer trade also. Yeah, they, they got a... That outfielder, um, what's his Meadows, who's a number yeah. one top prospect for the and, Pirates. And, and Glasgow's. Tyler like Glasgow, a hard-throwing right-hander. So if they get anything out of either one of those, and Archer wasn't really an ace for them anyway. Look at Snell, how much better an ace he is. Archer was almost losing 20 games a year and getting yeah, those kind of – I mean, great arm and all, but they knew, they kind of felt, listen, this guy, you know, we, we don't want to pay him like an ace. He's a number three. He's going to want ace money. So they ended up getting – uh, you know, some really quality players for him. And, and it showed last year, winning 90 games in the toughest division, arguably in the last 20 years. Yes, sir. So that's, yeah, I trust whatever they do, the Rays, and, and uh, besides, you know, the two big monsters in that division, they're going to be a tough team to beat. Right, right. They always battle. But it's just, yeah. you know, when it's hard when you don't have stars, the capital to bring in the stars. Yeah, they just you know don't I mean? have But enough. they do the best with what they have. Yeah, you put them in another division. They're in the wet playoffs. There you go. Tony Brown. All day. Like I said, I think it's a great sign. This kid is 26 years old. Uh, he's in his third year. A lot of people get super excited after rookie seasons and give up too much money or give up on a kid. It's the first year, you know what I mean? you got to give him some chance. And then that sophomore slump is when most people, you know, hit their wall or whatever. This is his third year, so there's no sophomore slump in. There's no rookie sensation shit. Like, they know what they're getting in this kid. And like I said, sub-2 ERA last year, he was killing shit. That's Peanuts, ten million a year. So, they signed him for peanuts. That was a good yeah. signing. Snell's a big boy. Yes, sir. Love he's him. got that hook. He's got that change up. He's got a nice fastball. He ain't even in his prime. This is a wonderful, a kid, wonderful contract for the Rays. As long as you know the kid doesn't get injured, etc. I love his ERA the most because, like Will said, he's playing with the Yankees and the Red Sox. You know what I mean? These guys are putting up a ton of runs. Then Tampa can't score like that. So you need a pitcher who can get you guys a low yeah. game. He's definitely game. a shutdown. He's a great five inning pitcher. I oh, won a lot yeah. of money with him first five innings. Right. Yeah. yeah, and um, great deal. Uh, the Rays once again execute where they get these young guys and they they give them like a five six year. The last big one I think was Longoria. I think it was six years, $27 million. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a steal, man. They got yeah. the best out of LaGuardia because now he's in Frisco, and we don't know what's going to happen over there. I mean, it started out horrible. That's hopefully they Certainly eat. Certainly on the downward, yeah. downward trend there. Yes, and, uh, you know, salute to the Rays, doing the best they could with what they have, and they front office are geniuses over there. So I love the deal for the Rays. Now we're going to go into some future baseball my brother, Will the Moneyline guy, is going to break you guys down some future bets to be looking at, make some future money, or attempt to make some future money. But you ain't going to hear it better than what he's going to give you. Will, give him what's going on and give him a lean, too, if you can, Will. Yeah, the uh, season win totals. I, mean, I don't even know if you could still bet him right now because uh, the, the regular season officially started. Seattle and Oakland played two games in Japan. So I, if these are for teams that haven't played yet. I have to double check if you can. No, I bet think them. you could. The teams that haven't played, but that you okay. can't touch. Right, exactly. And those aren't a factor <coughs> anyway. But I just went with two overseason tolls. I, uh, you know, I took two teams. I just felt uh, the probably the ugliest teams you can take. So, uh, you know, t- certainly have your Pepto Bismol ready for the season. But uh, over 58 at Orioles wins and over 63 with the Marlins. Um, uh, I like the Orioles to improve on last year as I feel Buck Showalter, Dan Duquette. Being gone is worth 15 or more wins, uh, especially Buck, who I felt just lost his mind last year and was going soft in the head completely. Oh, so gosh. that fact that he's gone, to me, that's yeah. worth a bunch of wins right there. So I feel like I'm getting value. And I'm not asking much of him. I'm just asking him not to lose 100 games. And they've played decently in spring well, who training. They, who they picked up, though? Well, they got rid of some guys. I know that. And they have Mullins coming up, who's a great prospect. Uh, they, they have... Um, they still What's got Bundy. Bundy still Bundy's, leading the staff. I think Bundy will be better because they got rid of Showalter. Like right. he's gonna every pitcher, every player will be better uh, that they're they're gone. They don't have this distraction of Machado anymore. So young guys playing, I feel like they'll be hungry towards the end of the year. They'll make some hay, win some games there. Uh, you know, that, and there'll be no expectations this year. So that that'll help. It just it's more of a, a good a good number to go over. Not asking right, a team right. lose 100 games. And the, the Marlins uh, again, I'm not asking much from them. Not to lose 100 games. Same thing. I trust Jeter Manley to make slight improvements this year and. Uh, and what's the last 63? Uh, yeah. In case, uh, in case people didn't notice last year, there was a, a point in the year where I felt the Marlins came together. No one else saw this but I think, but me. 
when Urena hit uh, Acuna in the back. Remember that last year? We drilled him in the back. It was a big thing about it. Uh, I don't you know, remember. Yeah, when, when um, Urena hit... Ronald Acuna in the back last year. Uh, there was a big thing. Oh, he shouldn't do it. it. It's you know, it was not part of the game. But if you hadn't noticed, the when Marlins, they played the Braves, you mean? Yes, right? yeah, okay, the, Braves. Okay, I think the I Marlins remember. played very well after that. It seemed to bring their team together, and right. I liked the chemistry that was developed from from him having the players back. Now, no one liked that he hit him, but whatever reason, they played better. So I'm looking for them to win 67 to 72 games maybe this year. Prove on with some of the younger players. Anderson, uh, Riddle is the shortstop. Uh, the catcher, Alfaro, they got from Philly. Right, good, right, good, right. solid catcher they got from that uh, trade for what's his name? Uh, uh, Real Mudo. Real Mudo okay, trade. Okay. So I like that. that. That's what I'm looking at. Over 63, and uh, I'm not asking much. Brinson is the other guy, Lewis Brinson. I expect him to have a good year, too. Right, right. And you also, I'm pretty sure you also like uh, Derek Jeter running the ship over there. Yeah. He just signed Posada. Yep. You know, Maddox, they got the Yankee core in there. So, you know what? I might be a solid pick. Well, over 63 wins. Yeah, I'm asking that much. I might be solid. You heard it from Will, the money line guy. We'll be right back. We're going to break. We got to pay some bills. The round table, don't go nowhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We right back. Oh, wow. Guys, man, you got to love it, man. Love it here. Well, you got to love it, Well, The best. I love being here with you guys, too, man. The reason why I'm saying you got to love it, we doing what we love, how we want to do it. You know what I mean? It don't get no better than that, man. And uh, I'm going to bring up a subject that uh, I didn't want to bring up, but I'm going to bring it up. And I'm pretty sure you guys got a lot to say about this. I'm going to start with Tony Brown. New York Knicks. Oh what do they? God. Yes. <laughs> what do the Knicks have to do to become relevant in the NBA? Meaning, make the playoffs. Man, first. Break things, it down, Chief. First things first. They have to draft R.J. Barry. Um, everybody keeps saying, "Stop trying for Zion and all that." Zion's great. He's a next level talent. Nothing from him. But New York needs somebody who can build a franchise around and you can put the ball in their hands. You know what I mean? Like, Zion reminds me a lot of uh, Larry Johnson from back in the day. You know what I mean? All-star, all-world and all that. But he's not, he's not going to get you there. R.J. Barrett is complete. He can shoot threes. He can dish. He can dunk. He can rebound. Like, he's the guy. So I think first they need to get Zion out their head and go with Barrett. Let me stop you real fast. Do you think Barrett has a bigger window? Way bigger. Oh wow! I just just because like this is the thing. It's like Shaquille O'Neal. Like Shaq was one of the most dominant big men ever, Hall of Famer. But Shaq was Shaq. He's gonna dunk it and he's gonna do that. You know what I mean? Where no, Dirk, but Shaq bring more to the game. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm just saying. I mean, far as he's not gonna go out to the three point line like intimidation yeah, alone of that nature. Yeah. Zion is just gonna be Zion. You know what you're getting out of Zion. With Barrett, I, I think so. He's if he like, develops a three point shot. Oh wow. Now we're talking something totally That's different. what I'm thinking. But That's I why mean, I think his window's bigger, but yeah. I don't think he's going to develop that. Okay, okay, his no, no, you're entitled. Being a beast, being a big man, and that's what he does, and that's what he's going to do. Whereas Barrett already has the tools. He just has to get stronger, you know what I mean, because he's a kid. And so I think they, they go that route first. And then the second thing, the owner got to sell. You're bad for the team. You're bad karma, bad energy. You're getting into it with the fans. You're getting into it with Hall of Fame players. And so it's like, you know, you got your bad energy and you you do too much. You yeah. own too many things. Talking you about got, James Dolan, y'all. James Dolan. You're having too many rings. You got to be dedicated. This is the New York Knicks. You guys are 60, 70 lost teams still selling out. You're the basketball mecca. This is the Knicks, man. You have to be all in with it. You got your hockey team, your women's team. and so Yeah, that's, just, that's what we spoke about earlier. He's just not dedicated. So we need to get rid of Dolan. They need to get uh, R.J. Barrett instead of Zion on their mind. And then uh, from there, they just need to go up. Uh, they play in the East, so they only have to win maybe 40 games to make a playoff spot. So You like the roster we got as far as, like, a lot of young, good guys? Great talent. A lot of I talent. So got too. Porzingis up out of there and got some more talent in there. Uh, the Knicks are going in the right direction. It's just I think they're going to mess up going for Zion, and then I think they're going to mess up with James Dolan as the owner. Yeah, I also agree. And real fast, they got chips. Chips meaning like money trade. Oh, pieces to trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they got trading chips. See, the thing about trade, you can package three, three I, of those I, guys. I like to develop from the draft. 
trades are trades. When somebody's willing to get rid of a guy, a whole franchise thinks the guy's not that good. Like, if they want to give you their player for your player, like... No, no, what I'm saying is we can actually package a three-pack Oh, for a superstar. There you go. Or a star. Right. Well, do anybody want to come to New York? Uh, With James Dolan. Now, this is going to be very interesting, y'all. Moneyline guy. Yeah, I mean, where do you start here uh, with this, this uh, disaster? I have to call out the fans, number one, here for the Knicks. Uh, First time I ever heard that. Forget it. Yeah, I mean, I really I put a lot of blame on them. In fact, I'm going to put 95% of the blame on the fans because they continue to pay money to go to these games and continuing to fund James Dolan. It's, it's like funding a drug drug user. It's like continuing to let a, 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 well, an addict they, get, their, get their fix, you know? They, Enabling. They Nick fans at the end of the day. I don't even think they see it like that. I know what you're saying. Well, it's like business people see it. Would you like continue that. to go with a cheating woman who's cheating on you? I know guys that will. Well, not they're me, sick people. Not you. This, you're saying everyone in New York is disturbed. Yeah, there's a sick person in New York. Everyone's continually wanting to be with a, right, right. a well, cheating woman. Is short for fanatic, so. yeah. Fanatic is one thing. <laughs> sick is disturbed is another. So the fans have to stop going. Start boycotting. Go to if you're gonna go to the game at least. Chant sell the sell the team. Some kind of go to protest. Brooklyn, right? Go to, go to Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Become, I'm, I'm a Spurs fan. I gave up on the Knicks in ninety when I ninety nine when he bought the team. I knew he was a bum then. So I gave up on him. So the fans got to start showing something because all the, until that happens, you know, people, it's this the garden's still sold out. They're paying their money. You know, Dolan's making his money. He doesn't care. He's getting his money. What does he care? So you got to hurt him where it matters. You, the only way to hurt Dolan is there's two ways, money or take the team away from him, you know, where, where he would feel like embarrassed. Because other than that, he doesn't care. You got to take something away from him. I think the league should step in. I mean, they had no problem stepping in and blocking the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and all that and flexing their muscles. They should be like, man, you're just not good for the league. You know what I mean? But they can't do it until he does something that's against the rules. I mean, he kicked out Charles Oakley. He's a Hall of Fame representative. Now you're you're kicking out fans. That's not good business. He's got reasoning. See, that's the thing. I know what you're saying. That's why I hate him more. I'm going to call out Spike Lee. Blame him. He, he's got to say something to, to publicly to call Dolan out, make a movie about him or something. But the thing about and, that and tear him is, apart. I'm a Raider fan, so I stuck with my guys when we were 3-13. and 13. You going to blame me for But at that? least he won a title. Right. Well, <coughs> Al Davis won championships. He didn't win something. He, he, he have nothing to show for Just right? win, baby. Right. Yeah. Just I mean, win, baby. I mean, I don't think the fans should turn on him, though. Dog, he turned on himself, man. No, not Dolan, the Knicks. Just oh, fans okay, just okay. like, oh, this owner's out of control, so we're not going to come support our New York basketball team? No, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll Supporting say drug is, habits, uh, drug we'll users, and, and the cheating wives. Right. We'll say it's going to hurt bad, his pocket. Bad. But, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play devil's advocate again. The guy got money, man. He's got money coming in all over. I mean, it's just like I'm going to use, uh, Will, uh, not William Hill, I'm going to use uh, Candy Gamer, for example. The Canada game in the Silver Temple, and I found out they barely making it. But there's so many other places that are doing good. That covers for that. So I'm thinking if the, they make him suffer with the Knicks, he's still going to make money with the, with the cable vision. He's still going to make money with whatever percentage he got in the hockey or the WNBA. And I know what you're saying, but it's going to need something more than that to happen, Will. Well, it's a start. I mean, if, if the place right. has got 3,000 people in it, Dolan's not going to want to see that. <laughs> right. That'll that never happen, though. Right. But it should. The season, the season I would never go, alone, it's going to break I wouldn't go up. to a game unless you gave, paid 3, me. That's what I said. The Yo, fans 3, are going to turn like, like that. They can nah. go in 82 and they'll still uh, and I, I got a problem well, with I can that. See, I can see maybe 10, you know, 19 to 10, but not 3. That's 3, yeah, that'll make you feel cool. Yeah, I got a problem with those fans who are going to the game and paying money. I just can't believe it. It's stunning to me. So... That, that's uh, and uh, oh yeah, the development of the players. I don't like what I'm seeing from from any of the players. I've watched a few Nick games this year. I don't see any attention to detail. Sloppy play. The young players are getting worse. Uh, they have you know everything matters. You've got to pay attention to every single detail, and this is when you learn. Young players develop habits now, good and bad, and they've developed tons of bad habits. I put that on the coach. Fizdale's not the right coach for this team. I know a lot oh, of people love him. You don't think he's the right coach? The only no thing Fizdale, the only reason Fizdale has his job is because he's LeBron's <coughs> bitch. That's it. Wow. End the story. That is it. He is a laughing stock to me of, of a coach. Uh, Even Fizdale. when he was in Memphis and all that? Yeah. What did he do, what did he do there? He went, w- w- lost his, his superstar player. He's got a beautiful wife, at least. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I think we talked I mean, about last time. bad wife. But, but anyway, let me get up real quick. I know we got about uh, less than a minute left. I'm just going to say Dolan has to get out. If we're going to have any chance in New York, 
Dolan has to be out of the picture completely. I mean, I don't even care if he turned it over to somebody and didn't show up no more right. and still made money off the Knicks. I know you won't agree with that. You don't want him involved at all. Nope. To me, go go to Cuba somewhere right. and, and let somebody else run it. Right. He cannot be around when people can see him. Dolan's got to go. Fisdale, to me, is still up in the air. Uh, next year, I'll find out a lot about him. I like our young players. I like the cap, the money we got availability in the cap. I like that we got a high draft pick. All that's going to happen. We're going to have to make some real great choices because this is going to make us or break us. We blow this chance right here. We're talking at least another 20, 25 years. I just don't see Dolan paying attention to any details here. He's, he's, he's not taking any pride in his work. If you, uh, uh, I'm not, I agree uh, with you. Uh, Fisdale. He's not taking pride in what he's oh, doing you out mean, there. Oh, uh, you Fisdale. The coach, not Dolan, but Fisdale. But that's why I'm going to give him next year because I think they're tanking but it. But you should do it every day, not wait till a year. Know, You're a head coach. You're telling him to tank it. You, know, you don't know No, but that's on. bullshit. You, gotta, you can still tank and develop your players. Okay, you know, I got you. And teach them the right way to but do it. Let's give him to next year, Ellie, just like LeBron and L.A. Let's give him one more yeah. year. I guess, uh, you know, me wanting players and, and coaches to every day give their best and, and do everything the right way, set a culture, I guess that's a bad thing now. Right, I Culture's a bad thing. You know, what, yeah. what are you going to do? We got to go on break. We got to pay some bills. You heard it. The round table, money line guy, Tony Brown, the raw truth. We'll be right back. Welcome back, sports fans, the round table, doing what we normally do, doing what we normally do. And, uh, Will, you got an update there before we go to our trivia segment? Yeah, uh, North Carolina is up 36-29 over Washington right now in the uh, second round game in Columbus uh, about three minutes ago in the first half. Nice, nice. Uh, what's the spread against, on that game again? Closed at 11, 11 and a half, depending on what book you're looking at. Okay, so Tony Brown, you're looking right so far. You said Carolina, we run them out the building. I think so. All righty. All right, well, how are we going to go to our trivia session? This is where we have fun with it. We all put in our work. Now it's time to have some fun. It's just like anything else. And we're going to start with the trivia. I'm going to start with Will the Moneyline guy first. You ready for this, Will? Who is, um, who is the only coach to win a Super Bowl and a Rose Bowl? Mm. A coach to win a Super Bowl and a Rose Bowl. Head coach. <coughs> okay. Mm. Let's see. I guess uh, the only thing that comes to mind, and it's probably wrong because it's too obvious, is, uh, is Pete Carroll. That's, That's a good right. guess. That's probably wrong. I Tony it. Brown. Um, <coughs> That's a good guess, though. Because he one, did win an um, won a national championship, yeah. right? But not. Uh, not I thought he won a Rose Bowl too. Maybe Super he did. Bowl and the Rose Bowl. <coughs> Shit, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I can't. I can't. Okay, Pete Carroll was the closest you can get. Yeah. Dig for Mill. Dig for Mill. Yeah. Okay, now we're oh, going right. to. I remember they yep. said that with the Rams too. He was a, man. That's right. All right, good one. Okay, I think you're gonna get this one. You're pretty good with these. Vladimir, uh, Vladimir Klesko is a champion from what country? Dr. Steelhammer. Uh, <laughs> Russia, right? I need more than that. Uh, shit, Vladimir and Vitaly Klitschko, yeah. Dr. Steelhammer, they, uh, Russian. Okay. Uh, that's what I was going to say. It just seems too obvious. Uh, I mean, Russia's a nation. Siberia is a part of Russia, so... I, yeah, I need I, more specific. Poland? Okay, that's a good shot. I don't know. Ukraine. Ukraine. Okay, got that. going back to Will. Um, let me see what I could go with. Damn, let me switch it up real fast. Okay, Nickname. Whose nickname was the crime dog? Uh, Fred McGriff. For the Braves. Got that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Tony, uh, whose nickname was Lights Out? James Tony. There you oh, go. there's another one. Sean Merriman. Yeah. 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 Right? Yeah. <laughs> I would have given him credit on either or. Okay. Okay. Whose nickname was uh, Tyler Rose? Who? Tyler Rose. Uh, 
Tyler Rose. Is that is that a the, the nickname or the NFL. person? NFL. He was a player. Nickname. Whose nickname was Tyler Rose? No idea. Never even heard of it. Never, I never heard that nickname either. Earl Campbell. Wow. That was his nickname. Yes. Boy. All right, we got one more. We got one more. Uh, uh, this is like a little too easy, but uh, okay. You know what? Name me the only player who has hit a home run inside a parker in the All-Star game. Inside the park home run in an All-Star game? One player. Shit. Just guessing I would say Suzuki because he's the fastest guy that can do that shit. But I don't, I don't remember nobody hitting an All-Star game inside the park. Which Suzuki? Ichiro. There you go. Okay, you got it. Do it. Got it. Okay, guys. Thank you guys for tuning in. Another round table. Salute to CWN Sports. Salute to Willie, uh, Will Bernanke, Tony Brown, Noah Parker, who's not here with us, uh, Justin Yu. Yo, we're going to be right back each and every week. Thank you, guys. We appreciate you guys viewing in. We love y'all. Thank you for listening to the Al York Sports Show.